New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones. Rev Briz with you over here. Rev Z right here. And this is Ministers Talking Shit for June 30th, 2023. We're grateful that you're with us. Thanks for being a part of what we're doing here this morning. And uh, please do feel free. Drop your comments. Drop your uh, hellos. Join the conversation. Uh, type something into that comment box when you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So... <laughs> folks, here we go. Buckle up. Hold on. We got a heck of a conversation for you today because oftentimes uh, big news breaks right after this program goes off the air. Z and I, you know, we call each other at 10 o'clock and go, damn, did you see what they just announced? And, uh, and this week, well, we got, uh, it didn't quite happen that week. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court today because yesterday uh, they made some groundbreaking decisions. And I will say uh, there are a couple of big decisions coming today as well. Uh, one is on the student relief, student debt relief package that President Biden is pushing. There's a couple of lawsuits that, and the court has to address these things today because today's the last day of their session. Uh, the other one is a case here in Colorado, 303 Creative versus uh, the state of Colorado, much like the uh, the wedding cake case. This is a case where people are claiming they have the right to deny making a website for a LGBTQ wedding. Uh, so we'll learn more about that today. So we got we got cases coming down today on both um, the student let, uh, debt relief and on LGBTQ issues. However, what happened yesterday <laughs> was pretty big news here in the U.S. So, uh, Z, why don't you fill us in? Tell everybody if they haven't read the news yet what happened yesterday. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if anybody has not heard this story, I'm, I'd be surprised <laughs> because the Supreme Court struck down the affirmative action rule that the affirmative action first came into being back in the 68, right in the height of the civil rights and trying to make sure that race, greed, color, everybody had equal opportunities. Um, the, this case centered around um, conditions that they said at Harvard and University of North Carolina, which are the oldest public and private universities in the country, that they were not being fair by uh, allowing certain uh, traits or, 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 
or traits is not the right word, certain um, requirements to bring in minority students. And at that time, it was specifically black students into these universities. Uh, and so that's it, that's it in a nutshell. They, they, they said that that no longer applies. So, so we do not have to try to be an equitable country in terms of education. We do not have to try to make sure that our kids are learning in an environment that represents the world we live in. Um, you can do whatever you want, pretty much. And uh, I think we're in for an interesting ride on this one. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's in, it. When I first heard this, my thought was, oh, gosh, here we go again. Uh, right take another 10 years let's go back in history another 10 maybe 20 years and 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 uh we're getting closer to that 1940s ideal america again if you will mm -hmm. and, um it's interesting because everybody's pulling up a quote by sandra day o'connor justice sandra day o'connor um, just about 20 years ago she uh, was part of a reaffirmation of affirmative action and uh, and at that time, she said, we expect that 25 years from now, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest in student diverse student body diversity that's been approved today. Um, Supreme Court believes that we've reached that point. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you, folks. Has America reached the point where we won't discriminate against people of color in college admissions? As a whole, as a country, have we reached that point of healing that uh, we no longer discriminate against people? Well, and you know, the other part of this is uh, most of the conversation has been around the education, but that 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 affirmative actions was also used to diversify the C-suite, if you will, the senior executives in corporate America. Um, and and we all know that that hasn't been that successful you it, it, you know before we went on air we talked about the rooney rule in football same kind of thing we know that that hasn't happened and so with all these things that have been put in place to get some modest gain of of being equitable now that 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 sign post that says be fair you know uh do the right thing that's just been torn down and god knows what the final outcome will be right well and and even like if nothing else something like affirmative action it puts people it puts organizations it puts companies it puts institutions on notice that if you aren't doing this there will be some repercussions there will be some accountability mm -hmm. if you're not treating everyone equitably and fair and equal under the eyes of un, under the mm -hmm. eye of the divine mm -hmm. now hey do what the hell you want <laughs> we don't care <laughs> and that's really what it seems like and they they hide it, it i read um the 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 entire uh, ruling folks, including dissensions and, and other statements, over 237 pages. I did not have a chance to read 237 pages last night. Um, but in the majority position, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote, quote, many universities have for too long 
concluded wrongly that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenges bested, skills built, or lessons learned, but the color of her of their skin. Our constitutional history does not tolerate that choice. Wow. And man, that to me just sounds like whitewashing the whole thing. Right yeah. that right there. We're yeah. gonna rip off Dr. King and we're gonna and we're gonna make it, we're going back to the old ways of yeah, we we all know this, but there has to be some enforcement of this in because our history has proven that we won't do it ourselves. No, and 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 here's another thing that's going to be interesting to see from my perspective. You know, uh, after George Floyd and and uh, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and all of those things that happened. Uh, three, four years ago, we came up with, you know, we, we, since then we passed Juneteenth as a national holiday. We, we've established uh, countless uh, diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging committees and positions all over the country. But now the chief directive, if you will, of making sure that those things are taking place in the corporation affirmative actions has been shot down. I'm very curious to see how effective or, or, or what the longevity of the diversity, inclusion and belonging uh, committees and jobs and opportunities are going to last because a lot of them were there to help with that particular law being equitable and diverse. Right. We were talking about this before uh, before the show, folks, right, that a lot of companies put a paper tiger in place and put a gave somebody an office and slapped a DEIB label on them and and then gave them no authority or and, and didn't follow the recommendations and all those things and continue to operate in their discriminatory practices. So I don't see how this moves American culture forward, if you will. Um, I don't see how this makes us a better nation because it seems to me like a piece of spiritual, you know, this is legislative bypass. We know it's happening. We know it's going to continue to happen and we're going to turn a blind eye to it and leave no repercussions for those that perpetuate uh, discrimination and leave no remedy for those that feel they've been discriminated against. Yeah. 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 And, 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 if anybody in their right vision, mind, if you will, <laughs> would believes that discriminatory practices, discriminatory laws, and, and situations have improved so much that no one has to really um, look at it, that's a problem. Exactly. Our dear friend Linda's with us. Good morning, Linda. Uh, when former President Trump was running for office in 2016, my greatest concern was the Supreme Court. Um, and I, I do believe it, it began before Trump ran for office that uh, Republicans and conservatives, let's say, and nationalists 
uh, were looking to how do we win more seats in the courts and not just the Supreme Court, but across all of our court, uh, all the court system, um, the entire court system. And yeah, uh, Trump put a few people on that court that are skewing the balance, it would seem. Um, I've heard it referred to as a conservative supermajority on the court at this point. Now, there is good news in all of this because I do see Trump appointed uh, judges that are ruling against him in various cases and ruling in favor of uh, things such as affirmative action. But there's been a long, a long process of conservatives in America looking to influence and flood the court with uh, ultra conservative judges. And we're now going to live with this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the tough part is we're not going to see the error of our ways for a couple of decades. That's the scary part, right? We, we're going to have, just like we're doing now, we're going to have a bunch of uh, individuals who are looking at this five ways to Sunday and trying to, you know, uh, make point, counterpoint, whatever it is. But it's going to be our grandkids that really feel the problems of this decision. Yep. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, um, it's going to settle in because they're going to be, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how you challenge a Supreme Court ruling um, effectively anyway. Uh, but, you know, there'll be some point counterpoints and they're going to try to get some pass. Maybe they'll try and pass some new laws to, to you know, how they do it to start whittling away at that one. But it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, Harvard, um, if I read this correctly, Harvard has said that they will um, continue with their policies in a slightly different form. And they kind of said, eh, we get enough applicants, it doesn't matter. We get enough, we get so many applicants to Harvard right. that we could still pick the top and we'll still ensure that we're educating people of color. And, um, and another aspect of this we'll talk about in a minute is the Asian population. Um, but they've kind of said, we're going to keep going and almost to say, go ahead, sue us. Mm -hmm. Because that's what's going to have to happen. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to have to rise up and now sue Harvard for continuing to to follow the affirmative action principles and, and their existing policies um, as unconstitutional. Right. And um, and we're going to end up spending a whole lot more money in a bunch of years. And the court will get a chance to rule on this again at some time in the future. We'll see what the makeup of the court is at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to be legally it's going to go on forever for quite a while yeah in yeah. in form in real in realist terms there are kids in high school today that are changing their choices about where they want to try to go to school realistically mm -hmm. there are people on education boards right now today that are looking at, okay, how do we implement a new testing schedule that uh, ensures our white students get to the best colleges more, more so than those of lesser advantaged communities? This is going to 
this gives racists and and those discriminate that want to discriminate license to do so i'm afraid yeah and 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 you know uh, i applaud harvard for that statement and i think we we do have some educators and education administrators uh that have been around long enough and they understand the value of having a diverse environment right um teachers students you know opportunities and so forth and so let's 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 uh continue to hold a vision and 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 uh and prayers that we have intelligent humanitarians running these organizations that gonna that are going to uh get you know as they say walk the razor's edge they're gonna get right up against it so you can bring all your stuff and we're gonna make sure we're right on the line and we're gonna continue to do what we know needs to be done to support the reality of life which is this is an integrated connected world that we live in and and if you we're experiencing it now with all the crazy weather when you start tinkering with one thing that you don't understand the whole uh, gamut of then you're gonna have a real real problem yeah and just as you're saying when you start tinkering with one there are those ramifications that we don't anticipate um again another one we're we're gonna watch is uh anti-asian hatred and aggression and violence mm -hmm. um because if we really went on merit <laughs> most of these schools would be filled with Asian folk and and people of Asian descent that are coming over, whether they're coming here for an education or whether they were born here of Asian immigrants. Um, there is a much deeper, my, my perspective, there is a much deeper uh, commitment to educational, to, to, educational mastery that's the word i'm looking for mm -hmm. um and if we go solely on merit there's going to be traditional schools that have a long history in the united states that are majority asian and african-american with very few whites in them and that's that's going to just cause all kinds of uproar <laughs> right it's, it's going to be you know because i've seen several of the newscasts asking asian students about the about the bill you know I, and i saw one today and the guy said he was a straight a student that the and he understand he says but he says my knowledge and understanding is that yeah it may help a few asians but it's going to hurt every other minority and i'm a minority in this country so you know i benefit but i lose at the same time you know because people are going to understand that this is a real issue i mean there, there was a story, and, and, and I don't want to get off this point, but I do want to make this known. There was a story that came out a couple of days ago, three days ago. It was on NBC and Reuters. Of the 500 and some odd members of the Congress, 100 of them, their families owned slaves. The current Congress. We're not talking about back any time anywhere else. Of the 500, I think it's what, 38? people in Congress, 36 people in Congress, of that 536, 100 of them, they had slaves in their family history. And they had Republicans and they had Democrats. It wasn't, it was, it was across, you know, they did a good spectrum. Uh, 
but I mean, when we think about this affirmative actions and we think about, we still have a hundred, and I'm not saying they all have crazy ideas, but, but there's some privilege there. There's some benefits that they've gained from that. That is a real thing. There's no question. Yes. That white privilege is absolutely a real thing. If anybody tries to convince you it's not, <laughs> folks, just laugh at it and walk away uh, because you ain't going to get there with anybody that thinks that white privilege doesn't exist. <laughs> but that blows my mind. That's 20%. 20% of the legislative body have a family lineage of direct ownership of people. You know, the, the, the liberal in me, the, 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 the woke one in me is like, why don't we just outlaw that shit? <laughs> if anybody in your family line ever owned another person, <laughs> you're ineligible to serve in Congress. You're ineligible to serve in the legislative body. You're ineligible to serve in, on the Supreme Court. You're ineligible to serve the American people if your family owns slaves. I'm sorry. I, it, I know that I know that's not PC, but we got to change some of these things. And, and, and I would encourage everyone to go out and do a Google search, find that story and look at it, um, you know, because these are the underpinnings. And, and, and I don't know any of these people personally. I don't know what their stance is on affirmative action or any other kind of action. But what I do know in terms of affirmative actions, affirmative actions was put in place to help those who were not as privileged as some others to have an equal shot at succeeding in life, to, to being successful. And when we have uh, a direct picture here of 20% of the Congress in, 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 in coming from a background there were whether they had no idea at all right let's just say they the, the grandparents were ashamed and the parents were ashamed and the privilege that they got from that the money the land the jobs the opportunity that they got from being slave owners or their parents or grandparents being slave owners was is is categorically a thing right, right. and so we have to stop looking at these things so isolated. It's all connected. Yep. Well, and just you saying that jumps into my head that, okay, affirmative action also becomes directly tied to student <clears throat> aid. Because in many cases, students of color come from financially limited backgrounds or marginalized backgrounds and are more reliant upon our financial aid system. Now we're going back to a point where it's like, well, I don't need to, I don't have to have a financial aid system because we're not giving you guys any money because we're not letting you in anyway. Mm -hmm. So why were, so schools can, and right. We're not going to see this in the big, big schools, folks. This isn't going to happen at Harvard or UNC or UCLA or any of these other places. It's not going to get that bad, that quick in the big places because they're under too much scrutiny, but it's the smaller colleges. It's the regional colleges. It's the religious colleges. It's the colleges that are already trying to stay homogenized. I said that improperly, sorry, that are already trying to stay separate. 
that are going to be able to enter to enact different things and different policies <clears throat> that just make it impossible for someone of color to get into that school. Yeah. And to me, this really feels like a giant step backwards and not a step towards equity. Yeah. 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 I mean, here's a case. There's a case in my hometown involving my alma mater, Florida and university and Someone just uh, alerted me to it the other day, and I haven't gotten all the particulars. But Florida A&M, some students from Florida A&M University in Tallahassee is suing the state for allocations of money where the amount of money that they indicated should go to a school per student was less than the money that they gave to students at Florida State University. Two, two universities in the same city, one historical black, one one not, right? And you come up with, okay, for every student in your school, we're going to give you, I don't know what the number was, $1,000. Where Florida and m got five and Florida State got a 1000 So uh, I, I have to dig more into that. But here again is another thing. When you brought up the financial aid is what made me think about it. Here is another situation where the money for education has not been allocated equitably. Yeah. Again, our friend Linda's with us saying uh, the court members are following their personal beliefs rather than legal precedent. It definitely appears that way, Linda. Um, I agree with you. I think it, it, it appears that way. I'm trusting there's something else that I'm, I'm I always trust that the universe has a great ability to self-correct when humans make dumb mistakes. <laughs> um, now, again, we're going to have to see what comes today in the news and how the court rules on both these student aid loan, the student aid and um, this anti-LGBTQ case. Um, we're going to have to see how those play out today as well. And... Our job, if you will, as metaphysicians, our job as new thoughters, our job as spiritual people who believe in the oneness of all life, our job now is to remain even more diligent and in some cases even more vocal. Yeah. yeah. Now, right. Yeah, there will be protests on the steps of the Supreme Court. I think right, there's, a, right. there's protests every day they're in session at, at the, on the steps of the court. So it's not a matter of just getting out and screaming, we don't like this, we don't like this. This is now the time for whether, no matter what our ability is to be involved in maintaining that sense of equity, bringing a consciousness, a consciousness of equity to our conversations mm -hmm. and and being willing to say, that's not who we envision our country to be. That's not how we envision the future of our country. I, I don't see how segregated schools and racially separated institutions are going to help us be a global partner to the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world's got a lot more color than they do white. Let's put it that way. I, I, you know, I never looked this one up, but I have to think on a planetary basis, white is the minority. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, this is the opportunity 
for everybody to begin to study. We have to, we have, if, if you don't do anything else, become informed, read up on these things, uh, uh, you know, and look at them from multiple different vantage points. If you're, if you're conservative, look at it from a liberal point as well. If you're liberal, look at it from a, so that you get a full picture and you can make decisions and, and, and inform others from a more uh, holistic point of view than, than, you know, for me to fall into my emotions and start railing because I'm a black man and, you know, all right, that'll, that'll do something, but it'll be more uh, effective to have point and counterpoint to address and to get people involved because, you know, we're in the same boat. We're, we're all living in this country. And if it goes to hell in the handbasket, we're all going with it. <clears throat> right. Yes. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought that was uh <laughs> our dear Fred Fiota says uh holding highest consciousness for awareness of and action for universal equity. Exactly. Oh, uh, exactly. We have to be the ones and you know, New Thought teaches it, folks. Everything happens in consciousness first. We have to have a consciousness that um, this is possible, that this is is active, that we are, that we are the ones to make this happen, and then the resources and the opportunities show up to allow it to happen, to to make it happen. But we've got to hold that consciousness first. So we pray, and then we move our feet. We do our prayers, and then we call our legislature legislators. We pray. Um, and then, as our friend Linda suggests, we follow the money. We pray, and then we tune into the news. Yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah. 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 We. I mean, we 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 still have work to do, as they say. Uh, yes. And we have to be vigilant. I believe we have to be concerned, and we have to get involved. Uh, and we understand that people get involved at different ways, different levels, you know, and, and, you know, that's not the point. The, the B may be insignificant to the, 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 the health of the planet, but we know right now that bees are being uh, lost on this planet and they're beginning to affect crop pollinizations and things like that that will have a long-term effect. And someone looks at the bee and says it's insignificant, but that bee is very much an integral part of the food system and, and, and everything that we do here. And this idea is very appropriate for how we get involved with these legislators and, and life issues, I believe. <clears throat> and I get a tough time believing that the bees give a shit who's got a few more orange hair follicles and who's got a few more black hair follicles <laughs> right they just want some flowers <laughs> they, just, they just want the flowers <laughs> it's the beauty of being human uh we have minds to to consider and contemplate all these things uh and that's our greatest challenge as well because that mind that human mind can go astray yeah and can take us to corners that aren't part of the natural flow but again yeah. like i keep saying 
I believe the universe has a great ability to course create, correct. Yep. So when humans take us off course, the universe is going to find a way to bring us back into alignment, bring us back to that place. Okay. Okay. It's okay. Because we are all one. We deeply are one. Um, I don't know. We have too much time to go into this, but in the pre-show we were talking a little bit about some time, how confusing it can be on in historical records as to who was, who truly is black and who truly is white. Yeah. And things like the one drop laws that, you know, if you got one drop of black blood in your body, you're considered black. You may be, you may look as white as the driven snow, but if one person in your history had a little bit of fun with somebody of another color, then that's cute. And all of that is, is human misperceptions. When I look at my brother, Elzia, I see a guy, I see a guy, you know, I see a bald man who's probably got it a lot easier when it comes to hair care than I do. I see a guy that's got a whole different experience of life that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. And I see a guy who's been successful in a lot of different aspects of his life. Not, not in spite of his color. And yes, he has, he has lived up to the, that the epitome of that statement justice Roberts makes that he has met those challenges and can be judged on the content of his character rather than the color of his skin. And I also recognize that he had to go a lot harder of a route than I did. He had to face a lot more of those challenges than I ever did. And I, I had the luxury, the privilege of being able to stand in the background and not have to fight the big fight really. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for that because you know, that often enough, People don't understand that statement. They don't understand that reality. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I would almost say every black person of a certain age and probably even still today, it's the statement was given to them. You have to be 10 times as good as a white person just to get an opportunity. And that number could be two times, five times, 10 times. That number varied. But there was always some X factor on whatever you did to say that you have to be X factor better than a white person just to get in the door, not the opportunity. That's just to get in the door. Now to get the opportunity, we may have to do some more X's behind that thing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people hear these things and they, oh yeah, that's a nice little saying, but it's a reality. Um, and, and, you know, now with the affirmative action thing, uh, you know, we're going to get back to 10 times, I guess. Maybe we have to go to 20 times um just to get the opportunity yeah there's so much more we could say folks (laughs) we could go on for days and days with 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 this and um and what we know is there is a spiritual solution to every human problem yes right now it would appear that the united states has a problem uh from my perspective with the supreme court 
uh, with some of the decisions that are coming down. You know, we're only a year out from Roe v. Wade. And you look at how hard it is for women to get health care in and especially reproductive care in many states across this nation. Um, that's not affirming of life. I don't see today yesterday's decisions as affirming life um, and the right to live life as we see fit. Um, I, I hesitate to, to try to predict what they're going to say today. Uh, I trust that as we go, the court will come back to affirming our, our lives, affirming the, the right to live and the ability and, and the equity to live together. Yes, yes. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. All right, folks, we're going to get out of here for today. Uh, we thank you for being with us here on the New Thought Media Network. we got a full day of programming coming up today, as we do every day. Seems like every time I turn around, we're announcing a new program <laughs> coming on this network. So, uh, and I here's my schedule sheet. I like to make sure I don't forget anything. We've got so much going on. Seku writes with Be Your Own Heroes up next. Morning prayers at 8.15. Rev Melissa at 8.30 with the morning sip. Spanish language programming at 9 and 9.30. 10 o'clock, it's Infinite Possibilities with Lou <clears throat> Barnbach. We are the um, Just One You at uh, 1 o'clock Mountain Time. We do have a new program coming in August on Fridays at noon called Wham!, we are miracles with Shay Davis. You can look forward to that coming in August. Later this evening, the good news at five o'clock, and Pastor Reverend Michael Mangus will be with us at six for the fireside chat. It's going to be a good day. We have the ability to make it a good day, and uh, I don't see any reason not to make it a good day. Do you, Jesse? Not at all. Not at all. Let's go get it done. <laughs> Let's go get it done. Hey, before we do go, folks, however, we're going to say a quick thank you to our sponsors. And our organizational, oh, and I have something really important you need to hear about. Check this out first. Hi, everybody. My name is Ricky Byers. And what I want you to know is that on the weekend of July 14th, that's July 14th, 15th, and 16th. I'm going to be blowing up Salt Lake City. <laughs> this is my debut there. I've never been there before. So Reverend Cindy, look out. We're going to burn it up, baby. God bless. Peace. Help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors and donors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, 
Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, Center for Spiritual Living Seattle, and all of our individual donors and sponsors. Thank you for being a part of the New Thought Media Network. Please come be you. All right, folks, that's all we've got time for today. I want to thank you for being with us and wish you peace and richest blessings. Until next time.